This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are working our way through the Tower of Bible, Genesis chapter 11. And we're uh, we're enjoying that for uh, yesterday and today, and uh, we're picking up and figuring out the things that are important about this. I think there's really important stuff this morning that we put in our suitcase of understandings, and it allows us to see things both in the rest of Scripture, but also in in the New Testament in maybe a more fuller and complete way. And I pray that I pray that as we go through this, you'll kind of as we go through the book of Genesis, you'll be filling your suitcase of understandings about God and allowing those things to inform you about the New Testament as we're studying through that and giving you knowledge and information about how that works and how God moves in in the New Testament in a, in a very similar and straightforward way as he does in the Old Testament. And maybe you can do that. It says, but the Lord came down, it says, but the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. It says that the Lord came down to the city and he came down to see the tower that the men had built. Now, now notice when it says that he came down to the city, it says the Lord, that's Jehovah. And, and that is God operating in his, in the actual, that is God actually operating in his personal way with his creation, creating in his creation, going down and meeting with his creation. It's the same Lord God that was in, it's the same Lord God that was in the Garden of Eden, speaking with Adam and Eve in the cool of the evening. He was in the garden each and every day, meeting with Adam and Eve and teaching them and walking with them and communing with them. And we're going to see him meet. We're going to see the Lord God come down often and regularly because one of the things, one of the understandings that we have that we've gained from not just other people teaching us, but we understand from scripture that, that the Lord God is, the Lord God is intimate. He is intimate with who we are. He's intimate with his creation. He speaks to his creation regularly. He speaks with to his creation in his actions. He speaks to his creation in what he created. And so it says, it says, the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which the sons of men had built. Notice that he is coming down to check it out. He's coming down to figure it out. And notice that I said before that that Babel was one of the first cities in the world, and it was one of the it was the place where that false religion, that what we call today modern day paganism, began. And so he came down and he said, "Hey, I'm going to go down and I'm going to see what's going on. I'm going to check it out. I'm going to be a part of it. I'm going to figure out what's happening down there." And I am going to, I'm going to be involved in my creation. It says, and the Lord said, indeed, the people are one and they are indeed the people one and they all have one language. 
What he's saying is that the people have been unified under this religion and they've been unified under this purpose. And a lot of times you read there and go, well, so the people were unified. That's not a good thing. The question is, what are they unified for? They're unified for the purpose of glorifying themselves. Remember, the reason that they built this city and that the reason that they built this tower is so that they could bring glory or honor to their own name, so that they could bring glory and honor to who they were, not to God. The purpose of the building of the tower to the heavens was not so that they could have access to God, that they could get on an elevator and go up and see God in heaven. The reason they were, the reason they built the tower is so that their name would be great. And remember, making your name great is to glorify yourself. And what they were trying to do is they were trying to make a great name for themselves. Their purpose was not the purpose for which they were made. The purpose for which man was made was to make God known, to glorify God, for people to be able to look down and see God at work in his creation. And so it said, he said, indeed, the people are one in the purpose of glorifying themselves. And they all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Notice when they're unified for a purpose, they're unified for an evil purpose, not a, not God's purposes. And I love the way the turn of phrase here, he says, they're one, they got one. And when they get together and decide to do something, what do they do? This is what they begin to do. They begin to glorify their own self. And, and I can just imagine, and obviously I'm not, I, I, obviously I'm not a, obviously I'm not a, a where near understanding as God is. I do not understand the world. I do not understand anything as well as I understand, as God understands things. But I can only imagine if I made something for a purpose and and it seems like that everything that, that I made, every everything that what I made does is exactly opposite of that purpose, it would be frustrating. And it would be, it would be uh, revelatory to realize that man just keeps going in his own direction. In fact, if you'll remember back when he limited the number of days that man would live on the earth down to 120, he says, every intention of his heart is evil all the time. He says, every intention of man's heart is evil all the time. If that's the case, then we understand that nothing good comes from us. And that's where we get the whole idea of God's sovereignty and his importance. It, the things that we do, the things that we do that are good, that are wholesome, that are that are for that work out good purposes, those things are always born of our relationship with him and born of faith. They always have their origination in him and not in us. And so he says that this is what they begin to do. Now, this is a key phrase, and I think it's an important thing for you to just put in your own mind. It says, now nothing that they that they propose to do will be held withheld from them. I, what I like about what I, and you got to remember when I grew up, I grew up studying the new international version. That's just what was, what everybody used when I was a young boy. And it says in the new international version in verse seven and verse six, and the Lord said, indeed, the people are one and they all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be held withheld from them. I just gave you the new King James version. I was trying to give you the new international version. Let me, uh, let me change it over right here, right now. The new international version says this, uh, the New International Version says this, the Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible 
for them. Notice that. He says, if this is what they plan to do, there's nothing that they that they propose to do that'll be impossible for them. Now, that has a couple of implications. What that means is, first of all, man's capacity for evil is not limited. I want you to hear that. Man's capacity for evil is not limited. Oftentimes, we're shocked by the evil of the people around us. And the truth is, oftentimes in my own mind and in my own heart, when I'm dealing with situations, I'm shocked by the evil that my own mind and my own heart wander to. And understanding that, the understanding that deep within inside myself, there's there's strife and hatred and envy and, and lust and control and, and lies and thefts. Those things, all those things are deep within inside me. And it is shocking to me sometimes the things that are in my heart and that have to be changed by God. First of all, I'd say to you that you need to understand that there's no limits to the evil that man can and will do. And uh, I think we've seen that in, in the age that we live in. And uh, I think if you study history and you look back on history, you realize that's not something new that we're looking at in the times we live in. It's something that has gone on for generations and thousands of years, millennia past. And so that's the first thing. The second thing I think is a more positive thing. The second thing is, is we retain a portion of the image of God in our being created. First of all, we're creative beings. And we're like God in that we're created. The angels are not creative beings. The demons are not creative beings. We're creative beings. And, and we're limited in the power that God has given us and the dominion that God has given us over what he created, which means that God has given us a position and, a, and an ability to be able to do all things. In fact, one of the great verses of scripture that you learn when you're a teenager and you paint on signs for football games and basketball games and softball games is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That is a that is an understanding that ties back to this passage and ties back to this understanding that God made us limitless. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Sunday morning, we're going to be talking about a passage where Jesus says all things are possible for those who believe. Notice there's a theme there. What is that theme? That theme is that God is not limited man. God has made man limitless, and the possibilities and the things that man uh, can accomplish and can figure out and can do are limitless, not limited. The only thing that limits us is our own sin nature. The only thing that limits us is our own selfishness. The only thing that limits us is the things that keep us from chasing after God and searching after God with, with our own hearts. And when God, when the Lord God turned to Father God, when Jesus turned to his Father and said, now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from Him from them, what he's saying is that there's nothing they can't do. We made them that way. We made them limitless. We made them with the ability to accomplish all things because we made them in our image. We made them in our likeness. And, and we know from history past, that's true, that we've accomplished and we've face down many threats to humanity and not only that threats to our society and we have built we've built some amazing things and we do amazing things and when we're trying to do things for the purpose of saving people for the purpose of making life better we do that really well i know you say we live in a terrible time the truth is we really don't live in a terrible time in the sense of how people how human beings live we live in a time where a man lives 70 and 80 years. We live in a time where most of the earth is has food. And you say, not everybody has food. You got to remember, there was not a long time ago, and we're talking within the last 500 years, 
that 99% of the population of the earth lived in abject poverty, lived lived off of the food that they had that day. They had no food for the future. They had no food for down the road. They made it day to day. They lived what we call hand to mouth. And that's been going on for 99% of the world for most of the most of the history of the world, people have, have barely made it, have barely survived. But that's not the case nowadays. Uh, we now can move products and we can move things all over the world, and we can do it in 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 a very short period of time. And we continue to come up with great creations, great inventions, great ideas. And, and God is right when He says that there is nothing that they cannot do. And understanding that God has made you limitless. And if you will, if you'll chase after that and understand that, you realize that limitlessness is made for the purpose of glorifying God and is made for the purpose of you realizing that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you and that for all things are possible for those who have faith, for those who believe. Those ideas are absolutely true. And, and you yourself are not limited by your sin in the sense of God's going to hold it against you and not allow you to experience the fullness that's in him. He does not because he's atoned for and paid for that sin. And so it says, and so because they were using the gift of God of his limitlessness, because they were using it for their own purposes and to glorify their own self, because they were doing that, God said, I'm going to confuse their languages. So he said, come let us notice there's that plural there again in Genesis where God is referring to himself in the plural. And what that means is that, that there's a clear understanding, there's a clear testament to God being a God of three persons. He says, come let us, plural, go down and, and they're confused their language and they, that they may not understand one another's speech. What he's doing is he's slowing down man's working for evil purposes together. And I want you to know that God is at work in human history, restraining evil. In fact, one of the one of the one of the titles or one of the names that the Holy Spirit has is that is the name He that holdeth back or He that restraineth. And understanding that God is in the business today. Now, in the book of Revelation, and when you get to chapters 15, 16, 17, and 18, the restraint of evil is withdrawn, meaning the Holy Spirit is pulled out and evil is able to be fully and completely manifest so that God can judge it. But for right now, the Holy Spirit is restraining evil even as we speak. The angels of heaven are at work protecting and holding you in their hands, and they have purpose for you. And their purpose is God's purposes because they're at work helping, at work engaging, at work facilitating God's purposes in your life. And so the Holy Spirit is holding back evil and is holding back the destruction of the, of the world even as we speak. And so it says, come let us go down and there confuse their language and that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth. Notice God scattered them all over the earth. He moved man uh, outward all over the face of the earth. They were beginning to congregate and they were beginning to congregate for their own purposes. And so God confused their languages so that they did not understand each other. Each tribe and clan and people had their own language, and he spread them out all over the earth. And we know that the migration of humanity all over the earth has been taking place for thousands of years, and, and the, this is where it started. And it says, and they and they ceased building the city of Babel. What happened is when they got confused their languages, 
They ceased the effort to build the city. They ceased the effort to concentrate the worship of these pagan gods. And God allowed the opportunity for his truth and his word to take place. And we're going to see that actually in the next chapter. He's going to call a man of faith. He's going to call Abraham. And he's going to introduce faith again back in, back into the earth and back into his purpose and his will for the earth. And so it says, therefore, its name is called Babel, because there the Lord confused their languages, confused the languages of all the earth. And from there, the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of the whole earth. And that's where we get that idea of the city of Babel. The city of Babel is a place where confused their languages. It's a place where God made it impossible for man to come together and come together for a worldwide purpose that is outside of his will. By the way, we live in a time where there is one language that's known all, all over the world, and that language is English. And what I would say to you is today is that, that there is a movement in the world, and that was prophesied for, by in the book of the Revelation, which we'll meet and study tomorrow night. That, that was prophesied way back that humanity would come together in a one-world religion, in a one-world government, in a one-world order, in order to make man great and rather than to glorify God. And God is going to, he's going to stop that. He's going to, he's going to shut that down. He's going to close that off. He's going to forgo that and not allow that to happen. And he's going to bring judgment down on the earth for it. But we live in an age and in a, in a day that has only been in human history twice, once at the Tower of Babel, and then once during the age of the Roman Empire, really not the Roman Republic, but the Roman Empire. During that time period, there was a language that was spoken by most of the people, most of the people, meaning most of the people groups, not the individual people, but the people from all the way from the Pacific to the Atlantic Ocean, all the way down into Southern Africa, all the way north into Scandinavia. There were ever there were people who understood Koine Greek in most of the areas of the world, and to even today, uh, that there is one language all over the world, and God is using that for His purposes, and that is a clear sign that His will is being worked out, and uh, the end, His end, is uh, coming. Now, you say, I was asked this question again by my family as we were riding down Key West. Uh, when is the end going to happen? I don't know. I don't know. And the reason I don't know is because God said I wouldn't know. And so I'm not going to tell you that it's going to happen in the next five years or 10 years or 20 years or even 100 years. I don't know that. But I do know that as I see the things happening all around us, that God is at work bringing about his purposes and he is fulfilling his prophecies. He's fulfilling what he's told us he's going to do. And I can trust in that. And I also can trust that when he said, there's nothing I cannot do. And Jesus said, all things are possible for those who believe that I can walk in that also. And you can too. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus name.